When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, guys? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Today, we've got some big news. We're going to be talking about Gina Carano and Elon Musk, who are now working in tandem in a lawsuit against Disney for discrimination and wrongful termination. We'll get to that. Pirates of the Caribbean, there's going to be like a new uh, film of this coming out. And supposedly, maybe, there's going to be a race-swapped Jack Sparrow thing going on. We are going to talk about that, plus Disney's new inclusion standards. Plus, do you guys remember that story that we covered of the little Kansas City Chiefs fan who showed up to the football game wearing red and black uh, face paint and was accused of blackface? We have a lawsuit update there, and Taylor Swift is back in the news yet again, uh, this time for sending a cease and desist letter to somebody who is tracking her private jet. But before we get into all that, we have Taylor in Nashville. Yo, yeah, I love pirates, hate diversity quotas. So here we go with these stories. And hey, we've got some kind of breaking stories uh, today. Yeah. This, this is newer with the Chiefs kid uh, filing suit. The Gina Carano just broke yesterday. And this new report on the Pirates of Caribbean was just uh, today, last day or so. So exciting times, mixed bag as far as encouraging or uh, lamentable. But alas, <laughs> we're getting into it one way or the other. Yeah, Newsy McNewsington over here. We are keeping you guys updated on what is breaking. Now, let's talk all things Gina Carano. Uh, you'll know her as a star in The Mandalorian, but she was fired from Disney because they found some social media posts that she had made, which we will get into. Her media post showed uh, basically her political affiliation, although she wasn't saying anything super uh, explicit about where she lied politically. She was sharing memes, images, quotes that meant something to her. So let's get into her statement that she released saying uh, that she she is going to be suing Disney and Elon Musk is the partner in crime for this who is helping her out. Let's read. Okay, it says, Today is an important day for me. I am filing a lawsuit against Lucasfilm and Disney. After my 20 years of building a career from scratch and during the, the regime of former Disney CEO Bob Shapik, uh, Lucasfilm made this statement on Twitter, terminating me from The Mandalorian, saying, quote, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their culture and religious identities are abhorrent and 
and unacceptable, end quote. And again, that was put out by some sort of uh, representative or spokesperson of Lucasfilm. She goes on to say, nothing could be further from the truth. The truth is I was being hunted down for everything I posted to every post I liked because I was not in line with the acceptable narrative of the time. My words were consistently twisted to demonize and dehumanize me as an alt-right-wing uh, extremist. It was a bullying smear campaign aimed at silencing, destroying, and making an example out of me. The thing uh, is, I never even used aggressive language. I shared thought-provoking quotes, pictures, memes, and occasionally used my own words, not with aggression, but with respect and the occasional comedy to keep the mood light in dark times. Look with your own eyes at what I posted and ask yourself, for example, where did I compare Republicans to the Jewish people in the Holocaust? Now, I'll pause there. Uh, she was talking about a post that she made uh, where she was talking about the persecution that Jews faced during the Holocaust and asked people to ask themselves, what would happen if we did this based on uh, political beliefs? Or how is it different if we persecute people based on their political beliefs? And that was the comparison that she was drawing that Disney apparently deemed to be abhorrent in, in some sort of judgment towards people of different cultures and backgrounds. We'll keep reading Gina Carano's statement here. Ask yourself why they were calling me a racist. Was there any merit behind that or history to it whatsoever? No. Look at why I was called a transphobe for making droid, nose droid noises from Star Wars. Uh, beep bop boop was obviously directed to the online bullies and did not in any way denigrate transgender people. This is in reference to a post she made where she says, you know, what, I'm not going to be sharing my pronouns on this platform and instead put a beep bop boop for her, for her pronouns. And apparently that pissed off Disney and also led to her termination. She goes on to say she had asked questions about masks and lockdowns and all the things that were happening during the COVID regulations and all the crazy stuff that was being done on behalf of safety and science and asked whether or not she should be allowed to ask those questions uh, as somebody who worked for Disney and Lucasfilm. To that she says, absolutely. She goes on to say, Hollywood says they support female representation and equal rights. Why then were my male co-hosts permitted to speak without harassment and re-education courses or termination, but I was not afforded the same right to exercise my freedom of speech? We're going to get into that. She's calling out uh, a couple of her, her co-stars, uh, but mainly, I believe, Pedro Pascal, who made several social media posts making clear what his political affiliation was and how he felt about people who disagreed with him. Here's a post from Pedro Pascal's Instagram that says, uh, Black Trans Lives Matter. Uh, it has Bert and Ernie carrying the uh, LGBTQ flag with a little ducky that says, defund the police. He's also called any a supporter of Donald Trump or anybody who wears that MAGA red hat of Make America Great Again, losers, yet uh, maintained his position uh, with Disney and Lucasfilm. So it seems as though Gina Carano might have a pretty strong case here. It is interesting that uh, in, in, along with the wrongful termination suit that she's bringing against them, she's also saying that she was discriminated against, I believe on the basis of being female, because 
Disney has often pushed forward this narrative of, of the future is female and the force is female, and then they deliberately decided to attack, to attack Gina Carano. Now, I don't know how strong that angle is uh, and, and how the lawyers are going to argue that she was discriminated against on the basis of being female, but it certainly seems like there might be some merit to the wrongful termination, especially when we bring in the comparison of what her male co-stars were posting on the internet in terms of their political beliefs. Yeah, and the uh, law firm that has, re they reached out to her and she shared information with them and helped her formulate a case. And this is a firm based out of D.C. that handles high profile cases. So mm -hmm. I had a similar thought as you, Amala, when I saw that uh, this was going to be a case on sex-based discrimination. Right. But I wonder if just according to the technicalities that are written in the law, that uh, that's they felt that was the strongest foot forward since she shared her political be beliefs, a woman and her male co-stars uh, did the same thing. Yeah. One was fired, one was not. Maybe she's trying to draw that distinction. And I will say on the male side of things for Disney, um, you may, you may have been about to get into this as well, but Mark Hamill was uh, cast as Luke Skywalker. He's also on the record saying that Trump supporters are to be compared to Nazis. And there was also James Gunn, who was rehired as a director of Guardians of the Galaxy after his Me Too moment where some old tweets, he was he had been previously fired for some old tweets uh, where he had made some very crass jokes that involved rape and maybe child sexual assault or something to that effect. So uh, those are two other examples of males who Disney doesn't appear to be holding the same standard to uh, when it comes to all of this. Uh, so it's interesting to see whether uh, she, will, who knows what, how this case will result, yeah. but it is nice to see that uh, Disney is getting served with the suit at least. Yeah, and this it's really interesting how this came about because Elon Musk had posted on Twitter saying, you know, if anybody feels like they've uh, experienced discrimination or wrongful termination, you know, reply underneath this this thread and let me know. And Gina Carano was, put her hand up and said, you know what, I think I have a case here. And that's how they got linked with one another to start compiling all the evidence in regard to Disney and Lucasfilm and to put together this case. And now we're going to see where it goes. It's very interesting to watch Disney. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch Disney go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these two individuals. And you know what? If they're willing to take on the case, it does signal, like Taylor said, that they may have something strong here or at least some sort of workaround that they can use to uh, go about this discrimination angle. Again, I don't know how I feel about pulling the the woman card in this lawsuit and saying that you were discriminated against on the basis of your sex, but I can understand why they're, they're maybe going in that direction and feel as though they have a strong case. I'm hoping they win more so on the front of, of wrongful termination and, and not on the whole woman thing, but we will be here to, to see it. Elon Musk is making moves, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, buying X, changing the platform, making it one of the most popular apps in the App Store. And now this lawsuit against Disney and Lucasfilm, it might, you know, force their hand a little bit in that they really have to evaluate how they treat actors who have differing opinions and how forceful they are in coming after people who they disagree with. Because like she's stating in this in this suit, there are so many actors who are more than happy to espouse leftist belief and come after people who are Republicans or conservatives or who disagree with them. But as soon as as you not even attack people on the left, but come out and say, oh, I think I stand on the right on this issue, or I feel like I have this set of conservative beliefs, you are terminated from your position. It just doesn't seem right, uh, and I'm ready for some change to happen on this front, so hopefully this is the catalyst for that change happening.
Yeah, it seems like our we've reached a point, or this is like the latest flashpoint in modern society where our institutions are being tested. The the integrity of our judicial system is being tested. Is it wrong to terminate somebody on the basis of their speech, of their of using their free speech? Is it wrong for a company to have a double standard with regard to how they treat political speech on one side of the aisle versus another? Are they allowed to do that with impunity? Um, that is, those are the questions that this case in particular is raising. But uh, we've seen a lot of other situations in recent years when it comes to diversity quotas, et cetera, uh, where the the question of whether you must adhere to policies of non-discrimination, attitudes of non-discrimination within your company, whether you must adhere to uh, enshrining free speech as we do in this great country or have historically, hmm. uh, whether you must adhere to that as a company as well or in, in different domains like uh, in social media companies or big tech companies, et cetera. So we keep seeing these flashpoints because this type of discrimination seems to keep happening. These type of double standards seem to keep uh, popping up as long as the ideology of preferring uh, the oppressor oppressed narrative, et cetera, uh, is proliferating in our institutions. So it's interesting that we keep having these flashpoints and this definitely seems to be the latest one. Yes, most definitely. We all know Disney is no stranger to discrimination. They actively admit that they are discriminating all the time. Now they're doing so for the sake of their own left-leaning agenda and for that old, you know, DEI acronym, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is also something that's been brought up and Elon Musk has been, of course, coming after Disney now that this lawsuit has been announced. He posted this photograph of their general entertainment content inclusion standards at Disney. And this is active evidence of discrimination that is happening at Disney and at uh, presumably Lucasfilm. And you can see there are all these different standards, standards A, B, C, D. And this is essentially uh, who they want to include in the projects that they're creating creatively and uh, them being part of underrepresented groups. So standard A is on-screen representation, meaning if you are uh, an actor, be it in a main role, a supporting role, background role, uh, you must be from underrepresented groups and you have to meet these standards. Standard A says characters 50% or more of the regular and recurring written characters come from an underrepresented group, just so you get a vibe for what they're saying here. As far as creative leadership, they want uh, a good percentage of those people to be from underrepresented group. Below the line in standard C, which means people who are producers or working in the production department, they want to be from underrepresented groups. And... In uh, standard D, they're getting into things like interns, people who are working behind the scenes. Also, a certain percentage of them must be from underrepresented groups. And of course, it says at the bottom, context is critical when evaluating if a group is underrepresented. So they are no strangers uh, to discrimination. They are very blatant about the fact that they are doing this. And we see this so much in the movie industry in particular. Amazon Studios has very similar uh, inclusion standards for their projects that they're creating. The Oscars has inclusion standards for their nominees. And if you do not meet those standards as far as being uh, representative of women or black people or disabled people. If you do not meet those recommendations, you cannot be nominated for an Oscar. So we are seeing this all over the place. And of course, none of that representation includes uh, people with conservative values or people who do not toe the line of leftist ideology. So here we are. I don't know. I don't know how much longer this can last for. It, it just seems 
so unreasonable to me the more and more we discuss it. And I feel as though the general public pretty much believes that as well, that this is unreasonable. Yet here we are. And there's always more evidence and there's always new standards and this stuff continues to progress. So I'm just racking my brain as to why this is happening. And of course, you can argue it's ESG or it's just that, you know, leftists have infiltrated, you know, places of power like Disney. But my goodness, please, can we catch a break? <laughs> can we as a member of an underrepresented group? Can we please catch a break from this right now? <laughs> Yeah, we cannot catch a break, apparently, because I feel like we have a, a different conversation about this same thing almost every week. And it is it does become tiresome. Mm -hmm. But uh, you've seen, I'm assuming, the the debates that um, Mark Cuban has been having on social media with Elon Musk on, on X about mm -hmm. how Mark Cuban is a billionaire. He posits that Diversity makes my company stronger and it makes my products better. That's why we have DEI practices and such. And everybody on X or a lot of, I guess, non-left-leaning people on X are, including Elon Musk, are confronting him with all of these realities that, well, you're, you're by definition discriminating against people when you prioritize certain uh, heritable traits or, or uh, traits over people with people of certain races uh, and you are shrinking the pool of available candidates that can help you create the best product. But do you put any stock just to try to like steel, steel man the argument? Do you put mm -hmm. any stock in the idea that Disney is believes that using diversity practices at every level of their productions, whether from casting to who's directing to who's interning to who's doing the creative writing on their products. Do you believe that they sincerely believe that that is making a better product uh, and or not just to believe that, but is there any merit to the argument that it does? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I well, yes, I do think they sincerely believe it to some degree, or at least some of them do, because it's just so built into the conversations that we're having these days that we don't even question anymore whether or not these things, uh, you know, bring about increased quality. We just toe the line and say that they do. And I think people are believing of that sort of ideology and practice. Now, as to whether or not it brings about a better product, I don't think we have any evidence that it does. And you guys can let me know, you know, how many of these films that are meeting these diversity and inclusion standards are you watching and going back to watch again and again? And you're thinking, I've just watched something, you know, so fantastic. And if you can think of an example, if we switched out the diversity and inclusion that was happening in that film, would it change the quality of the film in any way, shape, or form? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves, and I feel like the answer is no. Uh, you know, if you if you switched the people out and you switched the, the storyline or, uh, you know, moved towards a, a way that didn't represent the leftist dogma of diversity, equity, and inclusion, the film would most likely still be the same. So I feel like it's just something we're doing that we think is improving the quality but it in fact is not if anything it's making things worse <laughs> but we maybe. got a couple of 50 dollars super chats here back to back i'll read those sure. real quick even though sun sumi says you don't need to read this just throwing money in the guitar case thanks, Aww, thanks. Uh, but we appreciate that and then the second one here is from joy bomb who says hey sorry i feel like i'm interrupting but i just want to say hi thank you both for being a channel that i can watch without leaving angry or scared at life you're one channel of two that i actively follow because of that oh 
that is so great. I'm glad that I don't make you scared of life. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be bad. That is, uh, that is a great compliment. And I'm so glad that you found this channel and that it's making you feel welcome and comfortable because my goodness, Lord knows there's a lot of things to make us uncomfortable these days. Now, speaking of whether or not diversity is to be believed in or whether or not they believe it and whether or not it brings about good outcomes. We're going to get into Pirates of the Caribbean. I call it Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I'm not calling it Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm sorry for all of you who are going to tell me I have to call it Pirates of the Caribbean. Correct. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. It's, it's the Caribbean <laughs> in any other context besides if you're it's, saying Pirates of the Caribbean and then you have to say Caribbean. A hundred percent. You have to say Caribbean. I don't make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> now, this bit of news has come out and it says that uh, Disney considers Iowa Debery uh, as replacement for Johnny Depp in Pirates 6. Disney is reportedly considering Iowa Debris for the leading role in Pirates 6, a film that would feature a younger cast of pirates in search of hidden treasure. The character she is being considered for is named Anne, and it's possible this character could be based on a real-life pirate known as Anne Bonny, who was an Irish woman. Now, first of all, let me just go ahead and say, if you guys don't know who Iowa Debris is, she is uh, most known now for playing Sydney in The Bear, uh, which is a, a pretty good show. I've watched The Bear. I like it. I enjoy Iowa Debris. I think she's very funny and charismatic and charming and a wildly talented actress. So let's just go ahead and put that to rest right here and now. Now, it's interesting that they're saying that this might function as some sort of replacement for Johnny Depp. I don't know that that is a character capable of being replaced in Pirates, although they are going to give their, their best effort to do so. Now, a lot of people are remarking that... Iowa Debris is clearly not an Irish woman. And this is actually so funny because there is a sort of inside joke, I guess, amongst people who are fans of Io that she's Irish because she does a really great uh, Irish accent. And, you know, it, it's just sort of circulated on the Internet. So it's very funny that she is being considered to play this role as Anne, as an Irish woman, although clearly not being Irish this seems like it's a move to maybe hit some of those inclusion standards we just talked about, that we just detailed for you, and that we showed you the evidence of. Now, as I said, she's super talented. It's very likely you could make a Pirates uh, of the Caribbean film where she stars in it, and she does a really great job. But it just sucks to see that some of this stuff is in service of uh, things like inclusion. And maybe, just maybe... Just you're gonna base make her a, a black pirate and don't base her off somebody who's white historically. <laughs> oh, can you tell we just constantly go through these same conversations about race swapping and inclusion and diversity in movies? And now we're going to have this again. Uh, you know, if you want to continue your franchise, people love the Pirates of the Caribbean. Hopefully. It stacks up to what they've done so far as a franchise because it is a very, you know, beloved set of, of films and lore and, and storyline. So just do it well, please. Just do it well. Please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like instead of having a great story that happens to have characters who are female or mm -hmm. characters who are of whatever races, uh, instead we start with we have characters who must be of a certain race and of a certain gender. Um, and then we need to find a way to backfill a story that we can sell people on. So we have basically our agenda to conduct social engineering, to 
promote certain narratives to uh, correct past injustices in our own minds in some way. And that is our central focus and priority in our company. And then we need to put a story over that as a veneer to be the Trojan horse, basically, uh, to sell people on what our true motives are. Because if your true motive was purely to create the best story that you can, purely to continue the franchise, uh, purely to uh, serve people with art, then that would be the priority. And you wouldn't have it in writing in the policies of your company that say we must create content with X number of people who fit diversity quotas, X, Y, Z. And anytime you prioritize one thing, by definition, other things get deprioritized. So if your priority, if the preconditions of something being made by your company necessitates using people of certain immutable characteristics, then by definition, quality or uh, artistry or creativity is taking a backseat to that to some level, to say nothing of the fact that it's also necessarily discriminatory against the people who are you who you are excluding from being hired on the basis of their immutable characteristics and that just by virtue of shrinking the pool of people you can hire from and use and write stories about uh, to a smaller pool than it would be all available ideas all available representations uh, you are necessarily going to have an inferior product so i'm responding to my own question a little bit ago can diversity (laughs) make things better and in if it's not a priority, if it's incidental, yep. then I think it can. It can enhance because it's, yeah, we need to know the full human experience. We need to know uh, what life's like through other people's eyes. That's all a, a beautiful part of uh, what it is to exchange ideas and have a melting pot of a culture and all that stuff. And no one was ever against any of that stuff. And the, uh, the irony is we had better stories that fostered more cultural unity that were more interesting that represented female characters better that represented characters of other races better uh before we made this a priority and before this was the number one consideration that went into making any film or writing any book or whatever creative enterprise that you go about when it was about the creative enterprise and we had life backfill that uh with thing with realities that are true to human experience, then that resonated, that was real, that was beautiful, and people uh, ate it up. But now we put the ideology ahead of that, and then we try to backfill a great story, and it just doesn't work. And uh, the proof's in the pudding, no, because uh, I was looking before this this show, and eight, I think it was seven out of eight of Disney's films last year underperformed at the box office, yeah. including their gender you know, uh, the feminist movie, The Marvels, was one of the lowest performing Marvel movies ever, if not the lowest. So they this keeps happening, but they keep doing it, which just goes to show you, I guess, where their priorities are. And it's so funny because parts of the Caribbean specifically has a lot of just incidental diversity in the films itself. If you go back and watch all the different Pirates movies, and this was when, you know, we weren't really forcing that all that much. They just had it in the film, and, you know, you had black pirates or black characters, and people just didn't really say anything about it. And there it was, and it was well-written, and that was it. And now, with the energy of, we are doing this to promote blackness or to promote femininity, it just takes something out of it. And, you know, it it, it just it replaces what could be natural and normal with agenda. And I think that's what leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Also, I just don't know how you do Pirates of the Caribbean without... Uh, 
without Jack Sparrow. That's going to be a very yeah. interesting endeavor to take on, considering he is so iconic when it comes to that series. And you know, unfortunately, someone like Io Debris is, I think, pulling the short stick in this game here, and that she's wildly talented and is, is kind of being used as a pawn. But she has made a, a remark or two about being a black actress and that sort of being a keystone in, in her career. And I just think that's unfortunate because you should be able to just stand on your, your talent because that is what it is. It's just talent. It's just that you can, you know, you can keep the spotlight and you, you know uh, what people want as far as entertainment is concerned. It has nothing to do with you being black. So it's just like this never-ending cycle of people getting robbed from all angles in, in differing degrees. So we'll see how Pirate 6 is. Uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll have to go to the movies and give you guys a review. <laughs> Bring back the movie reviews. Yeah. This sucks too, because I was just in, I did a, my wife's family brought us on a cruise for Christmas, went to the Bahamas, and I went to Nassau, and first stop for me was the Pirate Museum. I listened to a pirate history podcast. I don't know why, I really love Vikings and pirates, and uh, I would love for Hollywood to be making films that just brought that whole world to life, because it's so cool and magical. Um, and alas, and yeah, to your point, it's sad that... This, who I'm sure, I've never heard of this actress, but I'm sure she's lovely and talented mm -hmm. and is perfectly capable of standing on her own two feet. And it sucks that through published diversity quotas that we hear about through Disney and through, it sounds like, the ideology that she's adopted herself, she's undercutting her own achievements by emphasizing the her own immutable characteristics. And uh, so is Disney and on and on we go. Uh, but, but yeah, too bad we can't just have a great pirate film that is about pirates and you know what maybe it will be we'll be here to tell you guys when we find out now we, we covered the disney lawsuit we've got another lawsuit coming up the pipeline and this is sort of a breaking news to some degree do you guys remember the story that i covered on this show of the kansas city chiefs fan the nine-year-old who showed up to the game with his face painted black and red, the Kansas City Chiefs colors, and was accused of blackface. If you don't remember that, let me fill you in. Deadspin, uh, this publication, posted this photo of a nine-year-old Holden Armenta, and as you can see, he has a black face, and he is wearing an Indian headdress, or a Native American headdress. In the uh, caption here on X, they wrote, the NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and native headdress. Now, this is a very deceitful picture because if we just go and take a look at this next one, boom, his face is both black and red. And even if it were fully black and he just wanted to, you know, paint his face black because that's one of the colors of the Kansas City Chiefs. He should have every right to. Just because somebody has black fa uh, face paint on doesn't mean that they are insinuating that uh, they're, they're playing a, a caricature of black people or that they're trying to put on a minstrel show for you. And of course, that, that is not what this nine-year-old was doing in painting his face black and red and wearing this Native American headdress. So this went all over the internet, super viral. People were calling out this little kid uh, alongside his parents saying, how dare you dress up like this? And to the parents, how dare you let him wear something like this to a Kansas City Chiefs game? Little did we know, we were going to get this updated photo where it shows he was not in fact wearing blackface and we were going to find out that Holden Armenta is in fact a Native American himself. 
Not that that matters either. Even if he had painted his entire face black and worn a Native American headdress, that should have been fine, but not in the culture that we live in today. You must prove that you are actually Native American in order to engage in these festivities, and we must prove that you did, in fact, not do blackface in order to prove that you are not a racist. But this went so crazy, and this kid was getting so much backlash uh, alongside his family that they now have the basis for a lawsuit, and they have decided to follow through on that. It says, breaking, the parents of the defamed nine-year-old Chiefs fan are suing Deadspin. Deadspin sm smeared Hold Holden Armenta and falsely accused him of blackface and racism, leaving out half of his face painted red, Chiefs colors. His grandfather is a Native American tribesman. The firm representing the Armentas won $786 million uh, in, in a media defamation lawsuit just last year. So it seems like they have a pretty good chance at coming back and winning a defamation lawsuit. How crazy do you have to be as a journalist to take a photo like that of a fan, which is so clearly misleading? Because I'm going to imagine whoever got that photograph either saw this kid's entire face or decided not to do any form of investigation into this to confirm whether or not actual blackface was uh, was being committed here and still decided to post this online knowing that that was a child. And like I said, the story went crazy, the amount of backlash this kid was getting and uh, he deserves something in return for what he had to go through on a lie, a straight up lie and i mean it could not have been worse of a lie knowing that he's of of native american descent now oh my gosh i bet whoever wrote that article is shooting themselves in the foot at the moment because what a huge huge mistake so hopefully they win a lot of money in this case and i believe the author like doubled down too when when the it was first published yep and people brought it to his attention that, hey, the kid that you're slandering is actually Native American. His face was painted on both sides. And he was like, well, it's still racist. I don't remember exact quote, but we covered it on this show. Mm -hmm. And you're right for like, how blinded do you have to be by the by racial animus, by the oppressor oppressed narrative, by needing to prove your worldview uh, or promote your worldview that America is just full of cultural appropriation and institutional racism and racist people. And I finally have a little bit of evidence for that based on this photo and based on this nine-year-old kid mm -hmm. that I'm willing to blow this out of proportion. And then when confronted with the facts to double down on that, but also it speaks to the fact that the institution that he worked for, Deadspin, which has been known for a while as like a kind of a sleazy, like left-leaning uh, journalistic outlet in the sports world, uh, but their editing staff didn't, did, did do nothing to say, hey, did you, before we publish this on our platform and put our name on it, did you research this? Do we know anything about this kid? Do we know that this was, in fact, blackface? They just, you know, yeah, let's just, let's just put that out there. So mm. they kind of deserve to be sued for, you know, we take great pains on this show uh, to say allegedly when we talk about different things and, right. and make an effort to check our facts as well as we can and give sufficient disclaimers. But apparently... These guys were so motivated by the demand for racism that exceeds the supply in their own worldview and in the segment of our modern culture that they uh, appeal to that they did the Jesse Smollett treatment. They did the Nick Sandman thing 
and just ran with this uh, story. And hopefully they do have to pay for it dearly. Yep. This family should uh, secure their bag. You know, they should pay dearly for the mistake that they made. So I am all for it. And of course, we'll let you know what happens here. Secure the bag. Secure the bag, Holden. <laughs> now. Lastly, we're going to talk about some Taylor Swift news as she is back yet again. Like I said, this girl can't catch a break. But this time uh, we have an interesting story that actually folds into much of what we talk about on this show. It says Taylor Swift has reportedly threatened legal action against the social media student that tracks her private jet saying, quote, it's stalking and harassing behavior. Now, for those of you who don't know, Taylor Swift uh, has a, a huge, 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 huge net worth, obviously is wildly famous, but she has also spoken out on many an occasion uh, in reference to climate change and how we all need to do our part to save our planet. Now, she also is, you know, a private jet flyer and she does fly frequently. She was deemed to be, I believe in 2022, the number one celebrity carbon dioxide polluter with emissions 1,100 times the amount of the average person. Now, there is a student at UCF who has taken it upon himself to track not only her private jet flying, but the private jet flying of uh, tons of other celebrities, uh, famous people, uh, Elon Musk at one point, and he posts them on the internet for people to see all the different trips that Taylor Swift and others have been going on. It says here, quote, uh, Taylor Swift's private jet had taken off some 170 times between January and late July, according to an analysis from sustainability marketing firm Yard. Now, this kid has been tracking her stuff, posting it on the internet, as he does with these other celebrities, and he has received a cease and desist order from Taylor Swift's legal team saying that this is harassment and stalking. I guess the argument that they're making is that if you're posting her her private jet and where it's going, people can look that up and it gives them, you know, means to find out where she is. Even though this is public information. If you did want to track uh, Taylor Swift's private jet, you could very well hop on the internet and take it upon yourself to find out where it is, what trips it's taking. He is just uh, going out of his way to post that on X, I believe, is his chosen platform. Now, this kid is no stranger to uh, getting threatened with legal action. Elon Musk came after him previously for doing the same to his private jet, and he had an account where he was tracking Elon's jet that was taken off of X, and he is now under a new one doing exactly that again. And I believe Elon Musk cited similar reasons for wanting him to stop, saying that it was an issue with privacy and it was creating safety concerns for him. Now, you know, I, I get why Taylor Swift has a private jet. I get why a lot of celebrities and people of high net worth have private jets. I would just want you to imagine what it would be like if Taylor Swift were to fly commercial, even first class. Just imagine Taylor Swift showing up at your airport and what sort of things would ensue. She is now of a different status and is in a different class, whether we like it or not. And I imagine it would create a lot of problems for all of us if uh, celebrities of the caliber of Taylor Swift were showing up on commercial flights to uh, be on the same uh, flights as us. So I understand reaching a certain uh, level or status where you decide flying privately is what I am going to do. Now, when you couple that with the message of caring about 
climate change when you're using that private jet 170 times within the first half of a year and making what seems to be very unnecessary trips on that private jet, then maybe we have a problem. And it's the very same issue and hypocrisy that we would point out with the likes of, you know, the the Bill Gates or uh, the uh, all, all the different climate activists, the Greta Thunbergs, yeah, the DiCaprios, where they're all about climate change and helping the earth and carbon footprint, and then they're, you know, getting in their private jets to fly to everywhere, <laughs> essentially. So on the one hand, I understand it. Right. You reach a certain status. You probably want a private jet. And I can imagine that if we shared uh, Taylor Swift's net worth, we, too, would be wanting private jets of our own. I imagine they're very comfortable and very fun to fly in. But we are not there. uh, And she is. Just do not couple that with the hypocrisy of speaking out on climate change as if you are doing anything about the issue yourself. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I don't have much to add other than I guess it's telling that uh, Taylor Swift would seemingly sooner sue a college kid who's posting true information about her online that reflects poorly on her and exposes some of her hypocrisy than to actually fix her hypocrisy by ceasing to talk about the climate or by taking measures to at least I I understand you got to take a private jet. Like you said, it's a different echelon, different lifestyle, but maybe like not be the number one private jet flyer in the United States of America. Like that could be something that you could go for. Maybe just like an increment down, maybe like share a friend's jet or, you know, contract a plane here and there instead of owning two of them yourself. I believe she sold one of them recently. So she's down to one. So, you know, good, good on her. But I don't know. It's, it's just hypocrisy. Now, I don't know. Also, like, I feel like in recent years, she's maybe been a little bit more mum on the climate change stuff. The last quote I found was like from, 2020, that it was this horrific situation that we find ourselves facing right now. Um, so maybe all this backlash is leading to her being quiet about it. And she is alleviating that hypocrisy. But going after a college student just seems like a little weak sauce to me. Yeah. And I feel like it probably is a PR move. It is best for her if he's not posting where her jet is going because it is gaining so much publicity and she's getting so much backlash because of it. So I feel like that might be a more leading factor in them sending that cease and desist order than uh, safety and privacy concerns. But that's just me. Of course, I am speculating. But there's an interesting thing here in celebrity and, and what we're watching with Taylor Swift right now that I feel is inevitable for people who become famous in the way she did. When you become famous on the basis of relatability, which is what happened with Taylor Swift, she was a small town girl who was writing about her love songs and, you know, her boyfriends and breakups and despair and girlhood and all of these things. And girls could deeply relate to that. They felt like they knew Taylor Swift. They felt like she's a a built-in friend. And thus she became famous because of this relatability factor. But once you become famous and powerful and successful and you have, you know, a billion dollar net worth and two private jets, you're no longer relatable. So there has to come a moment where people, something sort of clicks for them and they go, oh, wait a second. I can no longer relate to this person in the way that I once could. She's, you know, gaining all these accolades. She's flying in her private jet. Ah, it's time to it's time to take her down a, a peg or two, and it's going to come in in the form of all this climate stuff. It's going to come in the form of what she did at the Grammys and all of this. It's because when you make your fame on the basis of relatability, and then you lose that relatability, people are going to find reasons to uh, no longer like you. Now, the climate change hypocrisy is, is very valid because if you're going to speak out on something like that, you might want to be practicing 
what it is you're preaching. But outside of that, I think this is uh, an inevitability for Taylor Swift as she just becomes increasingly successful. As the left says, uh, no billionaire is a moral billionaire, right? And I believe Taylor Swift either is a billionaire or is really inching up close to that first billion. And, you know, the majority of her fan base, it seems, uh, would be left-leaning women in particular. Now, how that's going to stack up when she when she gets there or when they come to that realization that if there are no moral billionaires, then there is no moral Taylor Swift. I don't know. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> but we're almost there. Selective outrage, I guess. Yeah. It's not going to occur to them if they, they like her. And I do think she has a little bit of that. Maybe other side of the coin, we talk about how Dave Chappelle is kind of uncancelable because he's just in that upper echelon where he's got devoted fans and loyal supporters, despite uh, his comments on trans people or or his yep. jokes about them, his refusal not to back down from that. Um, so he's he's made it out just fine. And I'm sure Taylor Swift is going to make it out just fine as far as her money and her fame. But you are right that I'm sure a lot of the OG fans that uh, have followed her from the beginning and did like the relatability. I saw uh, something about, oh, and Toby Keith passed away and he had a hand in uh, getting her career started. And there's videos of her in her early days circulating on, on social media right now. And there was that more endearing like factor of just Americana relatability. And you do lose that whenever you're the number one private jet flyer on her. Um, but I... I think she's ultimately going to be just fine. And the people who like her out of loyalty or mm -hmm. like her political views are just going to trudge right along with it and the world will keep spinning. Yeah, it's so funny because it's like the left, they claim to hate billionaires, but it's not not the billionaires that you do actually love. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure exactly. like what, who, who else is, is Kylie a billionaire? I feel like maybe Kylie is a billionaire. Yep. I think Kim Kardashian is as well. I think Rihanna is a billionaire, Taylor Swift. One of you said in the comments is actually at 1.1 billion uh, according to Forbes. So, right, you're right, y'all hate billionaires, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to make a whole video about that. Uh, and uh, let's point yeah, out all some the, of the left favorite billionaires, like George Soros. And yeah, such. exactly. Because the list is stacking up and uh, it's giving inconsistency, is what it's giving. <laughs> now, guys, we're going to get into your super chats. Let's hear from you. Let's do it. Eat the rich, <laughs> just not the rich that we like. Yes, apparently. exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Celtic Blacksmith is our first super chat today. He says, I'm working a 12 hour shift in the machine shop today. Glad I have your show to help make it go faster. Ah, oh, thank you, Celtic Blacksmith. I hope you're having a good shift. Hope everything's going well and that uh, safety is our top priority. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are you emitting CO2 in your job? I know huh? it. I know Buddy, it. Better not be speaking out about it online. Do we need to post your movements on the internet? Uh, no, that's cool. Uh, Chicken Pork Adobo says, I changed my Instagram description to bip bop boop as my pronouns in support of Gina. Hey, there you go. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be following you on that. It's so such a hilarious thing to be uh, to be fired for. It's just so very ridiculous. I'm I'm wondering how well this suit is going to hold up given the foundation of it, but I know nothing about law, uh, virtually nothing about law. So I, there are smarter people than me who think this stands a chance. So I'll be 
I'll be interested to see what happens. Yeah, like you said, I think it's a little cringe that we have to make a case on the basis of sex discrimination because right. it has a little bit of that like victim me, victimhood, yeah. poor woman me energy. But if it takes down Disney, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I can squint and still be happy about it. So. Yeah, I have to think about it. I don't know. I'm like, ugh. Because we know it's You're not so because principled. she's a woman. We know it's not because true, she's though. a woman. We just know yeah. that. It's a fact. She was not fired because she's a woman. So to use it as the basis for your argument, that's a little... <sighs> Sorry, guys. We'll You're see. right. You're right. Oh. You are correct. We'll see what happens. On principle. Which is why we all follow and love you. Because <laughs> you don't compromise on us. But just a little bit, Amla. Just, just like, a little bit. Oh, you know, a little fist pump <laughs> just, under the table. Just you turn gotta, the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's all black pill to me says, Hey there, a and Tay, yo, those new Apple vision pros. Yeah. This is the start of the end. This is the matrix in real life. Say goodbye and send the asteroid. Yeah. I'm just, I'm curious how many people are actually going to buy them. First of all, they are hella expensive. Your girl is never going to purchase one of them on principle, but also because they're like $3,500. Okay. Uh, so that is not happening, but is it if it gets to the point where I'm walking around and like two out of every 10 people have this on their face, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I think I might have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> no. That's going to be yeah. so weird to see. And obviously, I don't want to be dramatic. It's probably just going to be an, an adjustment period for technology. And this is only going to get better and more desirable. But it is going to be such a strange world to live in. And I think it's going to create this sort of schism of people who are totally plugged in and people who aren't mm. yeah that's gonna it sounds like a new like divergent slash harry yeah. potter slash like you know teen yeah, fiction dystopia where it's like you have the the screeners and the non-screeners or something i love divergent also, by the way i love Divergent. Oh, yeah? i was watching all the films on my flight uh from australia it's so good except the last film they really uh just so bad but yeah obviously read the books but i saw the first one and I good. remember I kind of liked it, but yeah. I didn't like it enough to watch the second one, I yeah. guess. So. You're all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. Yeah, but also, whatever happened to... Remember the advice when you were a kid, when you sit to buy, sit in front of the TV, and your mom's like, don't sit too close to the TV. It's mm -hmm. going to burn your eyeballs out. Mm -hmm. Now Apple's making these things. You put them like two inches in front of your eyes. Like that yeah. That just worries me. Like you can't... It can't be healthy, man. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't give people common sense. I don't know. It feels like it can't be healthy. I imagine they'll fund some study where they say it is, and then everybody will just turn a blind eye to it. But it just does not seem normal. A lot of you guys were calling me dramatic in the comments on my video on Apple Vision Pro. I don't think I'm being dramatic. We will see. We're all going to be here when uh, things go in whatever direction they're going in. We'll see who's being dramatic <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, Pitlin44 says, hi, A&T. I would argue that Gina has a stronger case for the defamation and lost wages with Disney. Yep. That's my take anyway. Cheers. Yeah, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, she's suing to, I think, be recast at a rate of $75,000 per episode <clears throat> or uh, a plus punitive damages. I feel like the punitive damages makes a whole bunch of sense because after uh, Disney and Lucasfilm terminated her, she lost uh, some other contracts that she had and I believe maybe an agency that was working with her. Uh, also dropped her. So there's a lot to be said that because they made that termination decision, she has punitive damages all over the board and her reputation was really dragged through the mud. I can imagine that hurt her career immensely. So I hope that at least on that front, she is 
compensated. If any of you guys are lawyers, we would love, love to have like a designated lawyer viewer who could be our official, yes. like, you know, here's my legal opinion on this matter. Let us know. <laughs> to weigh in on these things and let us know. Mm -hmm. Cause we're, we're dum-dums when it comes to like actual law and how yeah. you would form one case versus another. But, uh, I'd love the uh, uh, informed opinion of someone. 100%. But, uh, being a lawyer, you probably want to charge us for that. And we're not paying you, but yeah, just saying. Definitely not paying, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> uh, Loretta Jean Moi says, next, let's create a movie about Christopher Columbus and cast a black actor and see how it gets received. Oh, my gosh. The subscription canceled and RIP to Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are so funny. I love when people like recreate movie posters and they race swap the characters. I saw one of like Mark Wahlberg playing Muhammad Ali. And I think that's so funny. Or Ryan Gosling playing MLK. <laughs> if you're going to do it, just do it across the board, right? Make it a free for all. I'll be thoroughly entertained by uh, if we, if it goes both ways. You know what? You know, just do it then. If if we're all gonna do it, we're all gonna do it. But the principle is, uh, white guys have to be the villain. So yep. uh, I don't know if you were to make Christopher Columbus black, you could no longer let him be a villain. So you'd have to like somehow make him doing. <sighs> Good things again. Now they'd suddenly be emphasizing the positivity of yeah. discovering uh, America for on behalf of the uh, European world. This <laughs> so, is very true. The webs we weave. Yes, indeed. Uh, Angie says, I was termed for something like this. I PM'd Amla on Facebook about it, but don't think she saw it. I called attorneys about it and they said it wasn't a case because I'm on the wrong side of race. It's absurd. Ah, see, that's... That's tough, man. I, yeah, I imagine what has happened to Gina Carano happens to a lot of people, given this whole cancel culture thing that we have going on and the policing of people's language and beliefs. So I imagine she is not alone in what's happening. And, well, we know she's not alone because this whole thing started because Elon Musk was asking people if they had gone through experiences. And she replied in a thread of thousands of other people. So that sucks. And I feel bad that that was, that was your situation as well. I imagine you are not alone in that. Uh, Semenya Stielka, apologies if I butchered that, mm -hmm. says, Aloha, hola. <laughs> this is all kind of words I can't pronounce in here. Uh, <laughs> watching your show is inspiring me to look into politics in my own country, Scotland. Uh, mm -hmm. SNP are trying to pass a law. So if parents don't allow their children to act like another gender, they could face seven years in jail. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Coming to a, a country near you shortly, it seems. There's a ton of different people working on legislation like this. Super scary. If you're looking into Scotland, I, a great resource, I think, would be J.K. Rowling. I think she's very active within uh, Scotland politics and keeping people up to date on what's happening there. Terrifying. Uh, wow, I, d I actually did not know about that that bit of legislation being worked on so insane. <laughs> so insane. Yeah. You can't yeah, even we've heard of similar stuff coming up in like California, San Francisco, mm -hmm. I think maybe Canada. But I guess it's not surprising that yeah. it's popping up elsewhere. I know Ireland has uh, some crazy like hate speech laws that are being considered or, or policies that are being put into place right now. It's just, mm. you know, it's crazy oh, in America, but y'all get some crazy stuff uh, in the Anglosphere elsewhere. <laughs> yep, we are not alone. 
Uh, Hannah D says, literally saw T-Swift fans saying, normally it's eat the rich, but now it's the rich eight. <laughs> <laughs> she ate. Uh, she ate. It's only, it's only when the ones they dislike love the show. That That's is so, so funny. It's so funny, and it is so very true. It's just a selective outrage, which means, you know what, and it's not to knock on them and say that they should hate somebody like Taylor Swift for being rich. It's to say that they should take stock of the other people that they're choosing to hate and maybe reevaluate that because clearly their hatred is selective. Logical consistency? Never Mm. heard of her. Uh, Nicodemus1984 says, still a mystery how the Beatles remained relatable even when they were at the top of the world, perhaps due to less internet and a more casual lifestyle. I would imagine that that is very much true. We didn't know this much about celebrities back in the day. They led uh, lives that were far more private than anything that's going on right now. It's sort of built into the system that someday you are going to be disliked as a celebrity now because who could possibly maintain you know, a, a great public image when their whole life is on the internet. You're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to mess up. And people are bound to find out too much about you, which is none of their business, which is why there's literal careers now in just publicity and PR and creating moments and fabricating a life that the public gets to see because we have blurred the lines um, between, you know, what we are and are not meant to know about people. What is reality? We got mm-hmm. these new Vision Pro goggles. We okay. got these fake beauty standards. You just did a video about. Mm-hmm. We got PR stuff. So we got uh, social engineering and films. Nothing is real. Nothing Here's is a video real. for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's all Blackfield to me again. Says which, by the way, this is Alex. Uh, it keeps changing his name, but. <laughs> Uh, we when we get to the fourth generation Apple Pros, I'm telling you, dating will be dead, and the Matrix will be real. I'm gonna just stick to Halo. Peace out, Niente. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe for some, I th- I saw like a bunch of uh, posts that were people were so disappointed that the Apple Vision Pro headset doesn't work for pornography now or whatever. And I guarantee that's gonna be coming uh, down the line. If not, you know, people are already doing stuff like that. How it affects dating. I mean, it can't be good. I don't think anything is, you know, positively affecting the the dating game right now. But I think there will always remain people who want to be in reality. Um, so there's that. Yeah, if you're if you're dating in the metaverse, or maybe <laughs> if you're in a long distance relationship in the metaverse, I could see that be a, a good use case because you could yeah, like maybe meet it. up and have a dinner or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, but that also doesn't sound very healthy either. No. <laughs> Monica Leah. Uh, says, why is nobody suggesting a film uh, where there's a white Malcolm X or white Martin Luther King? I think we know why. <laughs> it is, uh, it is uh, a train that only moves in one direction, and that direction is replacing white characters and white historical figures. As I said, it would be hilarious to see somebody do that with a black historical figure even if just to be like a little facetious uh with everything that's going on right now but uh, alas that will never ever happen because that person would be like placed in jail and accused of being a racist and speaking of white erasure that's our last super chat so it's gonna go bye bye (laughs) 
Hi, Taylor. <laughs> Good bit of white erasure there, guys. Sign of the times. Everybody, thank you so much for watching the show. Hope you had a good time. Leave your thoughts in the comments down below. How do you feel about Gina Carano in this lawsuit against Disney? How do you feel about Taylor Swift and her private jets? How do you feel about Pirates of the Caribbean 6 possibly featuring Io Adebari as a black pirate who is portraying a white historical pirate? Let me know in the comments down below. As always, if you disagree with anything that I said, do get out in the comments, but do so respectfully. And if you like this video, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live, which is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about trigger warnings and disclaimers, because your girl has a bone to pick. So keep an eye out, and that'll be out tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and I will see you next time. Bye, guys.